0: Log Talk Radio. Wake up, wake up, wake up, up. wake up, Get up, get up, get up, get up, Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, Get up, get up, get up, get up, I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science and spirituality are both telling us that we are all connected, that we are all one. What you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on Earth. Today's show topic is My Big Toe with physicist and author Tom Campbell. My Big Toe, the toe in My Big Toe stands for the theory of everything. everything. So we like to welcome Tom to Awake to This Radio. Welcome, Tom.
1: Well, thank you, Caroline. I'm glad to be here.
0: Thank you. I'm so glad to have you because I really love having scientists on this show because, like I say in my introduction, it's not just spirituality teaching us about oneness, but also science is teaching us the same thing. And that's where really my understanding of oneness came from was a scientific documentary um, by the title of What the Bleat back in 2007. And I've been studying spirituality and metaphysics off and on since the 70s, and I was really confused until because it's so different from what we're, what society and and culture teaches us. And um, so I loved what I was studying, but I there was for me there was a missing piece until I watched What the Bleep, which was explaining. uh, I I learned about the double split experiment and all of that, but all of that made so much sense to me. And that was the connection. That was the piece that I needed to connect all of what oneness truly, truly means. And so please, you are the scientist, you are the physicist. So please share with our listeners, um, your journey, you know, your exploration and how, um, all of this, um, started
1: it for you. Okay. Um, well, we'll go back then to when I'm in graduate school, because that's really, uh, well, not exactly where it started, but that's probably a good place to start the story. And uh, while I was in graduate school, uh, like most graduate students, uh, I worked uh, more hours uh, you know, than I could stay awake uh, during the day. So it was always hard getting enough sleep and getting all the work done. And I ran across an ad for Transcendental Meditation, a very uh, introductory, uh, inexpensive price for students of just $25. Imagine that. Now it's like 2500 But anyway, $25 to learn how to meditate. And one of the things they claimed was that you would be more alert with less sleep. So that's why I was interested. And from there, everything began to uh, change. I adapted very quickly to meditation and the meditation technique. And about three months into my meditation, I realized that I could debug computer code much more effectively in a meditation state than I could sitting down with printouts and, you know, in these days, boxes of cards and trying to figure out what was wrong with the codes. I could just bring my computer program up, which had thousands of lines in it, and uh, basically watch them scroll by and say in my mind that the ones that had errors would be red and the other ones would be black, like the usual black type. And I could scroll through them and up would pop a red one and I'd look at it. I'd recognize it because I wrote the code and uh, I could find all my errors that way. And then I would go back to my office at the university and looked up those those particular cards, those particular lines of code, and sure enough, that's where the problem was. So that was a, the first wake-up call for me that reality was a whole lot more than what I had always thought it was, and that it had dimension to it that I had never um, even dreamed of before. So I continued to work with my meditation, got out of graduate school, and. I took a, a job uh, with, um, actually, Army Technical Intelligence, and my boss recommended that I read Journeys Out of the Body by Bob Monroe. So I did it. When your boss asks you to do it, you do it, particularly if you're a new employee and uh, you're trying to impress your boss. So I read it and thought, wow, that's interesting, but, you know, how do you know? Is this guy making it up to sell books or what? So it turned out that uh, about three months later, um, my boss had located Bob Monroe. He didn't live that far away from where we were. And we all got in our cars and went out to see Bob and just see, you know, who is this guy and what is he like? Is he a, you know, is he a hustler or is he straight or what? And um, when I got there, Bob was just in the process of finishing the construction on a lab. He wanted to study consciousness because this out-of-body experiences he had just happened to him. He didn't want them to happen. Matter of fact, he tried real hard to get them to stop happening, but they happened to him anyway, so he decided to experiment with them, and he convinced himself that they were real experiences, and he wanted to study it to make it science, so he was building a lab And he really didn't know what he was going to do with this lab once he built it, but his intuition said that will come. And there I was, and uh, a bunch of us, where I worked, was mostly scientists. So we were there, and he was looking for some scientists, and I joined up immediately. So myself and another gentleman, Dennis Menrick, we became Bob's uh, scientists in his lab for studying consciousness. And for the next five years, we spent probably half time working with Bob Monroe, about 20 hours a week we spent out of that lab, working, uh, studying consciousness. And the rest of the time, of course, we spent with our families and working our day jobs, which were uh, also fairly demanding. So that was a very interesting time for me. And our, our deal with Bob was that we'd be his scientists if he'd teach us how to experience this out-of-body experience you know, that he, he did, if he could teach us that. So he did teach us and it wasn't very long before Dennis and I were able to control our intents and visit and move around in the larger reality frame not just this physical reality but the larger frame and I'm a physicist so I wanted to understand how does this work what am I actually doing where what is this out of body experience uh, what does it have to do with this reality frame where does it come from you know what is consciousness All those questions, because that's what physicists do. They try to answer questions and understand how the world works. So I continued working on these issues um, for years, many years. All of them weren't spent with Bob Monroe. Bob Monroe's only took maybe about a decade. But after that, uh, I continued to work on these until about 35 years later, working on them, I Thought I understood it well enough to write about it. And I sat down and wrote what I was going to have, what I, what I thought would just be a paper. And it was about eight pages. And I thought it explained everything. But when anybody else read it, their eyes rolled up in their head and they said, What? So I thought I needed a little more detail. So I kept working on the detail and passing it out. And people would have questions. And I'd write more to answer their questions. And pretty soon I had enough for three books. And those are the books I published called My Big Toe, and it's a trilogy, about 900 pages altogether. And I intended that it be a model of consciousness and reality. It explained consciousness, it explained your thesis about why we are all one. It uh, said that that is a condition uh, that. Uh, all consciousness is netted together, and we're all part of this larger consciousness system. So we're all chips off that same block. We are all one, and indeed that's a, that's a scientific fact in my mind, not uh, just an uh, interesting theory. So uh, I wrote the books, and about a year into writing the books, I realized that the same principles, the same ideas that explain consciousness also explained quantum mechanics also explained relativity and also explained every major paradox that physicists were wrestling with, things that they just didn't seem to be able to understand very well, why it worked that way. You mentioned the down the rabbit hole, and if you remember in down the rabbit hole, they had a whole oh. lot of questions like, well, what does this mean? And, you know, why would this be this way? And the, the double-split experiment they uh, they um, demonstrated. But they didn't have a whole lot of answers as to why it had to be that way. You know, what's the fundamental connection between the double-split experiment and consciousness? But I did. So I realized that I also had a theory of physics that was – I guess what I would call a more advanced physics than the physics that uh, we have now because it answers more questions. And that then led me uh, into where I am now. So um, at this point, um, well, I don't know what should I say I have a uh, you know I have a a, a YouTube site with probably three or four hundred videos on it for my lectures and workshops and things like that and interviews. And I'm about to give another talk in uh, L.A. in the end of this month in L.A. California, and there I'm going to uh, introduce a whole ser- series of physics experiments, mostly double slit experiments, that will verify the precepts and the concepts that I've brought, you know, to uh, to physics and to consciousness. So that's real exciting for me because now we'll have a set of experiments that will show that these ideas are right, or, of course, it's an experiment. It might show that they're wrong, but I don't think so because it does answer all the questions very nicely. So that's kind of a real short version of of kind of who I am. I'm a physicist first and foremost, but I've spent uh, probably 35, 40 years now, 40 years now, Studying consciousness uh, as, as my second career, along with my first career of doing physics. And uh, I've uh, not only understood consciousness and can tell you things like you know why we are here and that we are all consciousness, we are all units of consciousness, we are all netted together, and we are all one. Besides that, uh, we have a mission here, and that's to grow up to become love, to uh, reduce the entropy of our consciousness. And there's a whole lot of other uh, things. that. Is. If we look at uh, things like the placebo effect, how do people heal themselves with their minds? How do people remote view or go out of body? Well, all these things are now science. They're all uh, understood. Uh, you have a, an ability to modify future probability with your intent. That's just a uh, a feature of consciousness. That's what consciousness does. It's the way this this uh, universe works. So the next, last thing I should tell you, readers, to kind of put me on the map where I am now, is that my theory uh, talks about our reality here, this physical reality, as a virtual reality. Well, you know, the Buddha said something very similar. He said oh, this physical world is just an illusion. And I'm saying that it's a virtual reality, which is based on information. So those two things are really pretty similar. And as a virtual reality, uh, that gives me a sense of of uh, purpose and point, what we're doing, how it works, um, you know, what the rules are, and that sort of thing. So virtual reality uh, is where. Uh, I am, as far as the, this, describing this physical reality, that means the reality is computed, uh, like a simulation, if you will. And we are not our bodies; we are consciousness. We're individuated units of consciousness, and these bodies are like our avatars, like an avatar character in a virtual reality game you might uh, you know play on your computer. It's a very similar sort of thing. So that's a that's a quick brush over the top of uh, who I am, how I got here, and kind of, you know, what my position is.
0: Wow, that is so amazing. Like you said, I honestly, I am in 100% (laughs) alignment in what you said, and and for me, once I awoke into the truth that everything is consciousness everything is god everything is love whatever name you want to give it it doesn't matter but it is all one and um when i I really woke up to the truth of that not for me it was more not just on an intellectual level but a heartfelt level so when i knew i'm like okay this is truth and universal truth like you said it's a fact and it's it, science has proven this truth. And it, actually, it's not even that new. I mean, if you go back 80 years ago um, with um, Einstein and and his colleagues, I mean, so this science is not even all that new that, yes, it is, it's true. We are all connected. We are all one. That is a fact. And um, sometimes I... It's the programming that society has programmed the society for so long that we are separate and that we have to, you know, fight against one another. That's kind of program ingrained in this society that they can't, it's it's hard, I think it's kind of hard for some people to open their eyes and just see the simple fact. That we are all one, we're all connected. what you do to another person you're literally doing to yourself and there's a couple of things I was taking notes as you were speaking, transcendental meditation I actually was introduced to transcendental meditations in the mid seventies uh, I was a young I was uh, probably about fifteen years old at the time, and I had an aunt that um started studying transcendental meditation and i would i would go with her sometimes to her classes and at that time i was like what is this you know i'm 15 years old I'm like, what are these people doing but i was introduced to transcendental meditation at a very young age and also at that same around that same time i was introduced to a book called think and grow rich by uh Oh, the name of the author escapes me right now. But that that book was the first book that gave me uh, a hint into that our thoughts create our reality. And that, again, was Mm. very foreign. Yeah, that was very foreign to me. Like, ah, my thoughts are creating my reality. So those two things. In in my teens, um, I was introduced to transcendental meditation and the thought the concept that our thoughts create our reality um at that time i think it was the power introduced to the power of positive thinking and um like i said so i had been studying this stuff metaphysics often in spirituality off and on since the 70s um but what really um solidified it the, the thing that really had me to understand it clearly was the science aspect of it. And, I, and it blew me away when I'm like, wow, science has proven all this stuff that I've been studying off and on for for 30 years. And I'm like, that really, like, I was amazed. I was like, wow. Now, and then I was like, how come the whole world does not get this? You know? <laughs> I'm like, this to me is like, it's a no-brainer, <laughs> For me, but it um, also—I—I can't remember the name of the scientist. But I heard—I recently heard a scientist say um, that when a person says they don't believe in oneness, then their cell phone should disappear, (laughs) and and their computer should disappear, and their smart TV should disappear because all of modern technology is based on quantum. Uh, mechanics or quantum theory or quantum, um, I'm thinking, trying to think of a better word of mechanics because I don't like using the word mechanics because it makes you think of uh, Newtonian physics, which is a totally different um, animal. Um, but um, all of modern day, your cell phone, your computer, your smart. Televisions, all of modern day technology is based on quantum physics, and which is based on the fact that we are all one. So when people say they don't believe that we're all one, I'm like they shouldn't be allowed to own a cell phone. <laughs> but um, but yes, yeah, so it is. It's uh, a virtual reality, true. Um, I love that Einstein said that uh, time is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. But for me, the the term virtual reality and illusion kind of, and for me, they are kind of means the same thing. This is, the world is not solid. Um, reality form is not solid. Uh, science has proven that many years ago. I'll never forget in seventh grade, my seventh grade science teacher when we were studying molecules and atoms and he said um nothing is truly solid and i'm like what what do you mean nothing is truly this chair i'm sitting in is solid isn't it <laughs> but uh but uh yeah so it's uh, totally like i said i love um when i have scientists on the show because a lot of people when you talk about spirituality they're thinking woo woo but no it's this is not woo woo this is <laughs> as it is, so that's great, and I love that the fact you have so much online that people can listen to your lectures and and you know follow your work online through your your different platforms like YouTube and whatnot. So please share with us more. You say you have an upcoming event in in uh, LA. I think you said um, on the yeah. West Coast. Uh, share yeah. with us more. Uh, you know, the experiments and what's, what you're going to present in L.A. at the end of the month?
1: Well, I'm going to talk uh, in general about uh, reality, consciousness, uh, um, you know, how metaphysics can derive physics. I'm going to talk about uh, our purpose, how one grows up in this reality, uh, processes for becoming love, all of that, but the uh, one of the major things I'm going to do is, is, is bring up these uh, experiments to introduce a set of experiments that I have done that will then scientifically verify the virtual reality concepts from which I'm deriving physics. So physicists have been thinking about virtual reality now for a while, and it's becoming the more and more popular idea in physics. And there's been, oh, a half dozen or so attempts to show that, you know, by experimentation, that this indeed is a virtual reality, that it can't be anything else. And so far the experiments have been, you know, I don't know. They've kind of indicated that's true, but they haven't really been solid. So I have a new set of experiments that should produce some very solid evidence that this is indeed a virtual reality. And once you understand that it's a virtual reality, then the next step is to under you know is to say well who's who's the programmer and of course there is no programmer it's a natural system and it's consciousness consciousness is the larger system consciousness is the is the root of this virtual reality that's where it comes from it's computed in consciousness though by the larger consciousness system and after one understands that that consciousness is the computer is the source of our our uh, what we call physical universe here, then once you understand what consciousness is and how consciousness works, then you you come to the conclusion that love is the answer because consciousness is all about growing up to let go of fear, let go of belief, let go of ego, and become love. That's the point of consciousness. Now, I just state that like it's a fact, but... In my books and in my talks, I derive that logically, why that is a logical necessity for it to be that way. So that gives us purpose. We are here in this virtual reality, just like your elf in the World of Warcraft game or your player in the Sims game. We're here as as an experience for consciousness. And we have a mission here, and that is to grow up, to let go of that fear. Fear is the opposite of love. So we let go of that fear, that ego, those beliefs, and we come to know truth, you know, as it as it is fundamentally, and that's what we're supposed to do. And we interact, we express ourselves, we express our quality, and we evolve toward a higher quality of consciousness. So that's kind of the point of being here. And of course the scientists will tell you, well, you know, you need to have Evidence. You need to have experimental evidence to verify your points. If otherwise you just say these things, then it's just conjecture and it's your opinion, but it's not a scientific fact, which is why I've developed these experiments so that they will, uh, the results of these experiments cannot be explained any other way except that this is indeed a virtual reality and uh, that this virtual reality is indeed consciousness. So that's Kind of what I'm doing in LA, and hopefully within another year or two, the universities will actually perform these experiments, and we'll have uh, will have results. So it's just going to be a two-day, all-day uh, Saturday and all-day Sunday uh, discussion of reality, uh, love, uh, you know, metaphysics and physics, and how all of that uh, connects together. So that's what's going to be happening. Uh, if you go to Events That's my big toe events. Mbtevents.com. You will find the you will find schedule about it. Um, you know it's, it's called MBTLA, and mm-hmm. uh, it'll have places and where it is and you know what the days are. It's it's to the end of this month. It's the very last weekend in our in this month is when it's going to take place. So you can find out about it there.
0: Wow! Amazing. Yeah, this October 2016, it's an amazing month because I'm not sure if you're familiar with Global Oneness Day, which is the this uh, October 24th, uh, the last um, Monday. Or actually, because we have five Mondays this month. I'm looking at the calendar. It's uh, actually the second to the last Monday this month because we have five. Um, but um, October 24th is Global Oneness Day, which is the seventh annual global oneness day which is sponsored by humanities team and i work closely with humanities team and have been celebrating global oneness day for um seven years (laughs) and so uh i just find that so much is going on in the world the last the latter part of this month um in the the realm of oneness and non-duality um, I love how scientists use the the term. I think it's non-local, or not you know non the uh, non-duality, non-local, which is uh, you know to me it's it's just uh, an evidence that we are as a society, as a human race, starting to actually wake up to the truth of oneness and love. As you said, love is the answer because it is consciousness for me another name for consciousness is love and yeah, um, that's the point when it grows
1: up that's what it is
0: mhm mhm yes and or as i say as when we wake up that's what we are we actually are yes. that even in our in our unconscious state of not knowing that we the essence of who we are is love but even when we don't Uh, know that on a a human consciousness level, um, we still are that. And then when we wake up, um, we understand, yeah, that's who we are. We are love, and that's who we've always been is love. And uh, so I love, you said uh, process, I wrote this down, taking notes, see, I'm listening. (laughs) You said processes of becoming love. Um, Can you share more? Uh, with the listeners on that.
1: Well, sure. The way, you know, I should say fear is the opposite of love. And we all have the potential that we can become love. And you express that by saying we are already all that. But we, you know, I don't quite use that same uh, words, but it's a very similar thing. We have the potential. Mm-hmm. To become love. That's, that's where we're supposed to evolve to. We're evolving to that state. And the thing that makes us not love is, is fear. Inasmuch mm-hmm. as we have fear, then we can't be loved because fear is the opposite of love. So the process of growing up, of becoming love, is a process of getting rid of our fear. And, you know, I talk to people and sometimes particularly young men will tell me, uh, well, I don't have any fears, you know, and I don't have, you know, any ego and I don't have uh, any of those problems. But after a while, by the time we get to the end of the discussion, they realize that's not the case. And then after they go home and learn to meditate and think about things for a while, they realize that they, like almost everybody else, run their life from their fears their fears Mm -hmm. are what makes them make the choices they make do the things they do feel the way they feel that everything they're doing almost is motivated by their fears and these are fears like a fear of not being adequate a fear of not being uh, uh, accepted a fear of not being appreciated a fear of not um, you know doing well or being what you should be uh, all those things, those things that make us feel insecure, the things that make us feel uh, inadequate, those are all fears. And often we have strategies for covering up those fears. And one strategy to cover up fear is to deny them and claim that you don't have any. That's, <laughs> that's one strategy. And a lot of people will do that. And others is that you justify them. Well, fear is a good thing. You need to have some fears, that's what keeps us safe is our fears, and that's not true. You know, fear is always a, a negative thing. It never keeps you safe. Being, mm-hmm. uh, being aware of things and, and uh, making good decisions, it's what keeps you safe. Anyway, so I'll be talking to people about how do, you, how do you find these fears, because the fears are hard to locate inside ourselves. We've lived with them most of our life, and to us, they're just normal. It's the way things are. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't really see it as a fear. So I tell people, well, ego, ego, and I define ego as awareness in the service of fear. Ego is real common. Ego is all about self. Ego, you know, is about you. you know, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. well, what about me? You know, that's your ego talking. Love is about other. Love is, is about other, not about self. So in your, in your life, in your daily living, you make hundreds of decisions every day. And if you ever feel any of the negative aspects of, let's say, uh, anxiety, anger, upset, anxious, stress, um, uh, you know, not being uh, happy, not being filled with joy, um, any of those things, being annoyed, that's all negative stuff, and it all relates to ego. That's mm-hmm. our ego. It makes, us, it makes us unhappy. So when you find one of those things, you say, oh, this such and such, or I got angry about that, or I felt bad about that, or I didn't like that. If you trace that back, you will find a fear at the root of it. And that fear, if you, if you uh, then recognize that fear, Accept that fear, and I don't mean accept it like it's necessarily okay and I like it, but accept it in, a, in a, as much as it's yours. Own it. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. you can do something mm-hmm. about it. After you own it is when you can do something about it. And it takes courage, and it's not easy, but once you get rid of that fear, it's like a load has just, you know, taken off your shoulders. You feel so much better, and your life is better. You're not as anxious, angry, or any of those other negative things. Your life gets more positive. So the more of this fear you can unload, the happier you feel, the better life is, the more your relationships work, the more your, your connections at work work, you know, your, your profession is better. Everything starts to work better. And eventually you find yourself living in a world where you exert no control But everything falls at your feet just exactly when you want it and just when you need it. Life is good, and that's the way it is when you live without fear. With fear, Uh it's a constant struggle. You're always trying to get things arranged the way you want them. Of course, that's the way that, uh, you know, that's the right way, whatever the way is that you want them. It's kind of by definition the right way and the best way inside people's minds. So that's what we will talk about, Uh, methodologies for doing that process uh, of getting rid of fear. And I will have a lot of Q&A, a a lot of questions, because these are individual questions. Everybody has their own expressions and their own uh, uh, ways they deal with their fears. So I like to do a lot of, of just talking with the audience so that individuals can can ask questions about you know here's my experience or you know I think this or what does this mean and so on so we can just have a a long conversation so that will happen too
0: that sounds great amazing when you speak of um fear and love i i totally totally in agreement with you and yet we i, I notice too in in doing this kind of work that i'm doing with the the podcast and and speaking to scientists and spiritual people such as yourself that sometimes terminology sometimes words we could be saying sometimes we could be saying the exact same thing but using different terminologies and different words so i always say Never let the words get in the way because we truly, we truly are resonating and saying the same thing. Um, with the when I think of fear and love, I also think of vibration. I know that science speaks about everything as being energy and having giving off a certain frequency and vibration. So when I think of it, I think of fear as a, a lower vibration. Um, even the the wave pattern of of fear, of the frequency of fear, is a much lower. Um, vibration than that of love so for me it's all about raising my vibration I know that if I'm not feeling you know well or if I'm not um, if I'm feeling kind of sad and lonely for me that that has been a key that has been my thing is feeling sometimes lonely from from way from as far as I can remember I felt like I was alone but then understanding the truth of oneness I'm like I'm never alone. First I'm of all, I'm a, I'm a part of the whole. I'm a unique aspect of the whole, and can never be separated from the whole that, from consciousness, from all that is. So when I really focus on the truth of that, it, it you know I forget about ever feeling lonely, regardless of if I'm in a room with a hundred people or if I'm in the room by myself. I'm never alone. So it's that that thought of knowing that you're never alone. Um, raises the vibration to uh, more of a, a loving feeling, and that you're always loved, you're always protected. And when you know that at your core, you're always loved, you're always protected, you can have those moments where you, you know, but then you wait, you, you, you snap out of it. You know, you can have the moments of, oh, I feel lonely. Oh, but let me snap out of it. Let me focus on the truth that I know is true, and that raises my vibration to a place of love. So, and like you said, when you're at that higher, when you're vibrating at that high frequency of love and thanks, uh, give, being thankful for everything in this now moment, you know, you, everything just works out, you know. You don't have to plan it to work out. It just kind of naturally because when you're, when you're vibrating at a high frequency in that frequency of love and thankfulness, you are walking with spirit. And when you're walking with spirit, you may not know the next great thing that's going to happen, but spirit does. And as long as you know you're walking with spirit, you know, all is good. You know, there's nothing to fear. So yes, I I agree with you a hundred percent. And also, when you were speaking it brought me in mind of uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton which I know you he was a former guest on the show um the biology of belief and I know that um you you are very familiar with Dr. Bruce uh and he's and also we, we did a, we
1: did a talk together a few years back that's one of the things that's up on YouTube Bruce and I had a, oh. I went to his I went to his home and we sat down and had a couple of hours worth of uh, just talk about the nature of reality in the world and uh it's out on YouTube he's a wonderful mm-hmm. guy like I yeah like
0: Bruce amazing mhm so true so true um also like I had mentioned about the uh, global oneness day which i I uh Gro- Global oneness day actually is a twelve hour free event that anyone can go um google go- Global oneness day register for the twelve hour event but on that during that day there is a science of oneness. Panel and on the panel is Dr. Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, Lynn McTaggart, Dean, uh, and Dean Radin. Is um, on actually all of them have been former guests of Awake to Oneness Radio except for Greg Braden. <laughs> so, but uh, yes, actually, it was Lynn McTaggart's um, statement in What the Bleep that woke me up to the truth of oneness, which was uh the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness and that just like that was that was my awakening moment you know so it's so it's it's, it's wonderful that the world is truly slowly but surely one by one awakening to the truth of oneness and the truth of love as you were were saying, and you also said, own it. <laughs> I love when you said, own it, I was like, oh, man, after my own heart, because I say that all the time. When we wake up to the truth of re, the, the true nature of reality, which is it, we're creating it from our thoughts and our beliefs, our core beliefs and our thoughts and our fears, and all of that we are creating what we experience and when we understand that we can own it we can that's that's so much freedom knowing that I'm creating this so I have the power to change it yeah so that to me it there's so much freedom and in owning your own experience
1: yes well you learn that uh, all of the the pain and suffering that we have in this world and that people uh, go through their life, they're generally struggling and struggling and struggling, and life is just this unending struggle. All of that is pretty much self-created. The mm-hmm. struggle is there because the fear is there. And mm-hmm. once that fear goes, then the, the struggle disappears. Instead of life being yeah. a struggle, and it doesn't matter, like you said, you know, you have this, the issue with, with aloneness. It doesn't matter that you're alone. Then, you see, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that uh, that once you uh, get rid of your fear, you will always be surrounded by you know, people. It just means that you you accept, you own that that uh, mm-hmm. that sense of of being with self, and that's okay, because mm-hmm. everything's okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that isn't okay, you know. And you look at life very positively. You don't have the requirements, the needs to be met, because the way life works is that things happen and you get to deal with it. And if mm-hmm. you deal with it positively and with love, then your life is good. If you deal with it negatively and with fear, then you're, in, you're full of struggle and pain and life is always a chore. So mm-hmm. all of that pain and misery that people feel, almost all of it is self-created,
0: It's our fear that does that. That's so true, so true. I always, um, my definition for pain is resisting what is. It's in this now moment. That was another big um, piece for me is understanding that the now is truly all there is. And in this now moment, what is happening is perfect because how I know it's perfect because it's happening. (laughs) <laughs> and so what's happening, embracing it and, and being thankful for it and looking for the positive in every now moment, because there is positive in every now moment, and looking for that and not focusing on whatever is you can quote-unquote call negative, I I try in every now moment, regardless of what's going on, to focus, look for the positive in this moment and go with that and appreciate it. Be thankful for it. Because if it's happening, it's supposed to be happening. And you're exactly, you're always exactly where you're meant to be. So no, And you're always equipped with exactly what you need in that now moment. So that, uh, to me, is another big piece of understanding that sure. there, tr- time is truly an illusion. Everything is happening <laughs> in the here and now.
1: Well, the the, the present... The future, past, and present. And mm-hmm. the present is where, all, is where all the action is. That's where everything mm-hmm. happens. And mm-hmm. the thing that, that the present allows us to do is it gives us choice. In the present, we have choices. And mm-hmm. whether we evolve and grow up and become love depends on how we make those choices. And one of the choices you make is whether to approach things positively or negatively, whether you let this uh, behavior upset you or you just accept it as it is. It's how you deal with it. It's important. So here we are in the present moment. Things happen, and we get to deal with them. And by the way we make choices, the quality of the choices we make is, determines whether we evolve toward love or whether we de-evolve you know, toward fear. So that's what we're here for, is to experience this, the choices that we're making now and making those choices as high quality as possible. That's why when you learn to meditate and, and center yourself, you're always centered in the now because this is where the choices are made. All the choices are here. So how you evolve yourself, positively or negatively, toward love or toward fear has to do with the quality of those choices that you make in the present moment. And many people, because they're not focused in the present moment, aren't even aware of the choices that they make. Mm -hmm. They make them automatically. Mm -hmm. They make them uh, based on the fears they have and on the anxiety and the things they need and want and all that stuff. And they're not even aware that they have choices. They'll look, they tend to, They tend to not take responsibility for their life. So if somebody, you know, does something they don't like, then they say, that person makes me angry. That person doesn't make you angry. You choose to be angry. You have other choices. Anger isn't the only choice you have. It's because of your fear that you choose to be angry. So you see, one has to take responsibility for all of one's choices, and the quality of those choices make a difference of who you become. We are the sum of all of the choices that we have made up to this point. That expresses our quality of our consciousness. So that's why the now is very important. That's where all the action is. See now the future the future is just in probability. It doesn't exist as a as a place that one can go visit the probabilities it's just a probable future hasn't happened yet because we have free will and the future will be what we make it we are creating that future choice by choice and it will unfold as we unfold it and the past <laughs> is history it's like history in a database it's a set of of uh, what happened and the probability you know the various probabilities of what could happen so and in it, so we do have a future and a past, but they're not places that you make choices that's they're not places where you have free will. The only place where you exercise your free will to choose is in the present, so that's where all the action is that's where all the growing up is, and that's where we need to stay focused
0: right and i I also say that I love the the term um to use the phrase um the present, the now." is your point of power that's where your power is 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 in this now moment and like you say it's it's how we react how you know our how we respond to the now moment and we have that we have a choice of responding negatively with you know anger or or upset Uh, we have a choice of you know, it, you know, looking at it and looking for the positive in that now moment and accepting it and loving it and appreciate I for me I'm thankful for every now moment. Um and for me I know that thank being thankful and love, love and being thankful are two of the highest vibration. Um I think Dr. Emoto who recently passed away, but from his experiments with water tells us how um the frequency of love and um being thankful are so high and so you combine those two high vibrations of love and thankful being thank- thankful in the now moment regardless of what's happening um and and then go go from there just from each and every now moment being love in action I like to say too just you know responding to everything with love you know so that it, it would definitely totally on the same same page um with the understanding of love and oneness uh which is a great thing so I, I'm so so thankful that I found you <laughs> on uh, YouTube and and uh, you agreed to come and speak with our listeners uh, right away. I sent you an email and I got a response right away that you would say yes. <laughs> that is is yeah. amazing. Yes, I yeah, love that, it. that I, was
1: that was good. Evidently, that was meant to be because uh, I get thousands of emails every week. I get hundreds and hundreds every day. And Mm. uh, sometimes, in order to get work done, I just don't look at my emails. But (laughs) I was looking at it, and as soon as yours popped in, there it was. And uh, when something comes up like that, I mean, that's the point of our work. That's why Mm -hmm. you do this radio program. You know, it's why I write books and go give presentations. Uh, Information and knowledge is great, but shared information and knowledge is even better. So we want to, we want to share, we want to help other people kind of make better choices as well, because we have learned that that's where, that's where love is. That's where life is enjoyment and happiness and all those things follow. If you, uh, if you can uh, get rid of that fear. So that's, Information that's news that uh makes a difference in people's lives, so it's something that we take the time and effort to share so when I get yes. your your request, then I usually honor all those requests because it's an opportunity to share.
0: Oh thank you, thank you so much and i I say that too I always say like it when I introduce my show. Um, the purpose is to inspire you know I don't call myself a teacher I, I'm, I, I believe we're all teachers and students and we can all learn from each other um, from each other's experience because we all have unique experience and so as we share our awakening as we share uh, our experiences with one another and now with the internet we're able to do that on a global scale you know it's this we just we're living in fantastic time where we can share with the world through youtube through a podcast through the internet um the entire world i don't get hundreds of emails but i I do understand what you're talking about sometimes i do take a day like i will not log on to the computer so it is it is um that was divine timing because everything happens in the divine timing so when i sent that email and it it, you saw it right away so that's that's divine i mean it was meant to be so that that is beautiful i am so thankful I, i i always say i am so so grateful and so thankful for all my guests because just being able to share and i love again to share the truth like, and I love how you say it's a fact, oneness is a scientific fact, and I love that coming from a scientist because I'm not a scientist, so if I say that to somebody, you're like you're not a scientist but but <laughs> yeah, but look at all the scientists that are telling us and are teaching us that oneness is a fact it's it's a fact, it's a universal truth, and so I love being able to share this this. Truth of oneness with scientists and and um, spirituality people that are more focused in the spiritual realm, but where science and spirit are saying the exact same thing now, and that is amazing. So it it just it just warms my heart because that is what I feel my mission is. Um, You know, I'm just following in spirit. You know, I I believe uh, spirit is leading me. To do this kind of work, and um it's it's not even work it's it 's a passion it has become a passion, and I am just really, really thankful so can please share with our listeners your um website again and, and your event page where they can find you when they're they're maybe in the area and come and check out one of your lectures.
1: Okay. Okay, well, to find out where I'm going to be talking and what I'm going to be doing next, is that's the www.mbtevents.com. And um, that site is run by some lovely people who kind of organize all of my events for me. Um, my website is www.mybigtoe.com. And if you go there, you'll have a link over to my YouTube site. And on the YouTube site, um, well, you can get to YouTube site directly without going to my website first. And then you would just go to YouTube.com and then put in slash TWCJR44. And if you put that in, then you'll automatically get to my site. But it's easy to get through my web. And at that site on uh, YouTube, I have hundreds and hundreds of videos, so many videos that they 're probably overwhelming, but you can look at the titles, tell you something about it, and depends on what you 're interested in, whether you 're interested in physics, I talk about that or interested in uh, metaphysics or interested in becoming love or whatever it is uh, you have an interest you 'll probably find a video there that talks about that that subject, so I have lots of Things. Again, my my point is to share. And if I yes. can be helpful yes. to another person to understand and grow a little bit, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's, you know, that's, it's easy to find my things. You can just go to, if you, do, if you don't remember any of that, all you have to do is go to Google and put in Thomas Campbell or put in My Big Toe, and I will come right up at the top of the list. Yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is so true. So what you, what you just said is is exactly how I feel. We are so much in alignment, you and I. Um I, I it's for me it's all about sharing and you know making this stuff available for anybody and everybody who is truly searching for things of this nature. So and making it easy for them to find and connect. That so we're we're so much in alignment on that uh it's It's been amazing, and i can't believe sometimes the hour flies by so quickly that I can't believe that we've already gone through an hour but I'd love to have you I know that you said that um you give lectures, and sometimes this this today was just a introduction introducing my listeners to you and your work um but we can always whenever your your calendar is open, we can schedule something. Um, where we can have you back on, where you can go in more detail scientifically, because I'm sure there's some scientific people out there who want to hear more about your work in more detail. And we can do that. I I said for our first hour we wouldn't be able to get into too much detail, but just kind of give an overview of your work, which we've, we've done, which is great. Um, but we can do that. We, when you have time, we can have you back on, especially this year. I, I, I want to bring on, especially towards the end of this year, I want to bring on more scientists. Um, I had a lot of scientists last year. I had Bruce Lipton. I had Dean Radin. I had, um, um the Heart Math, the guy a co founder from Heart Math, so I had a lot of and and uh, Lynn McTaggart, so I had a lot of scientific guests last year this year, not as many, so I want to keep that science uh, uh, portion of the show um as as um as developed <laughs> I guess the word I'm looking for as the spiritual part because it to me. I, it is, you're saying science and spirituality is truly saying the same thing, but there, we know that there are people out there that are more, okay, well, I've got to see it to believe it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when when uh, science has told us that we, we really, with our physical eyes, can only see a, a tiny percentage of what's out there you know we can't really with our physical eyes but you have those people uh, that you know if I don't see it I don't believe and I'm like well there's a lot that you're not gonna not gonna believe that is truly out there because we can't see it all with our physical eyes so this is this has been a truly wonderful hour and I, and I just want to just remind the listeners again because we are uh, in the month of October and uh, Global Oneness Day comes up on October 24th. Uh, if you're interested, it's a free 12-hour um, tele-summit that you just register for, and you can listen to it all day. And the great thing is it av- it will be available to listen to for 48 hours after, so from October 24th to October 26th because I know people's like 12 hours I'm not sitting and listening so you have three days actually to listen to it at any point um, during that the three days of 24th to 26th to listen to Global Oneness Day just google it it'll pop up and you can see the host of speakers like I say there is a panel on um, Science of Oneness is one of the panels but there's um, Seventeen events that day, and I think anyone that 's interested in truly understanding oneness and the science behind oneness that would be something to check out if you're if you 're interested but thank you so much, Tom. I so appreciate having you as my guest today, and um look forward to when you 're on the east coast um i don 't get i don 't travel as much as i i 'd like to but i I'm hoping to travel more in the upcoming uh, months and years. But whenever you're on the East Coast, I'm going to keep an eye on your event page and look for when you're on the East Coast, because I definitely want to come and meet you in person.
1: Well, I think that will probably happen. And um, yes. I, get, I get all over the place. So it wasn't that long ago I was in Boston, and I've given programs um, in Charlotte. North Carolina, so that's kind mm-hmm. of the northern part of the East Coast and the southern part of the East Coast, and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm all over, so it won't be that long before I end up back on the East Coast again, I'm sure, but actually, in okay. this, this, next, this next year, starting uh, in February, I'm going to be going around the world. We're going to be going to New Zealand and Australia and India and um, just uh, make a trip around the globe by giving talks and meeting people
0: that is really exciting so i i'm, yeah. I'm putting that in, intention out for my future too to actually <laughs> be able <laughs> yeah. to yeah. travel and the our world last,
1: yeah, our last stop is going to be new york
0: okay all right uh do you know what mm-hmm. month that is new york i'm an hour and a half away from new york
1: well just go to M B T events and they will okay. uh, they'll tell you. But that's one of my that's the last stop we'll have will be uh okay. Will be New New York. So that's kinda of central east coast. Yes.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I'm very close to New York, so that is where I will I will look up that date and mark that on my calendar. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, great. Okay. Right. Amazing. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you, and you enjoy the rest of your day, and um, love to everyone listening. Have an awesome day, and enjoy. Thank you, Tom. Good, good, have welcome. a great day. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.